Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union labels. That's the security rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm a yours, Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degree-thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show, we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right, the Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you. Reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again. All thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right. Please get out of the thought control business. Our topics du jour, as you may have heard, well, the chair of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, one representative, James Comer, old friend of the show, he formally states that they are investigating President Biden for taking money in exchange for U.S. policy decisions, as shown by bank records illustrating money laundering exercises. What's next? Also, federal judge T. Kent Wetherell II halts Biden's move to let tens of thousands of illegals freely enter the U.S. with no alien registration number and no court date while merely being told to later contact ICE to make an appointment or request a notice to appear by mail. What the f- Are you serious? <laughs> this, is, this is too bizarre. I feel like I'm in Never Neverland. Also, House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan says a closed-door session with former CIA Director John Brennan reveals that he and 50 other former intel officials knowingly communicated falsehoods when claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop was a quote-unquote Russian information operation. So how should they pay? Comer actually, I mean, um, uh, Jordan actually said that it was revealed that they knew it wasn't on the level. They knew it was all political, which means that they did knowingly communicate falsehoods when claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop was, you know, Russian spycraft and all that crap. You know, people talk about ballot harvesting and voting machine problems and all that went all wrong on 2020, uh, putting a cloud over the legitimacy of that election. But as far as I'm concerned, while all that needs to be litigated and looked into thoroughly, to a certain degree it falls into that category where, and I think we can't see the forest of clarity for the trees of minutia. We need to look at some of the more obvious points, which is when they put out that letter 
alongside when the uh, Twitter organization at that time, as well as Facebook and others, decided not to carry the bombshell Hunter Biden laptop revelation. That was indeed a clear-cut, salient example of election interference. You had government personnel tag-teaming with former government personnel to coordinate the suppression of information needed by the voters so they could make a more informed decision when going to the ballot box. That, to me, is a clear-cut example of the United States government being shown as having interfered with the election. So forget about all the court cases involving state attorneys general and all that. Yeah, fine. They're all important. But if you really want to punch home with great clarity how this government of ours interfered with that election, you need only look at those two developments. Those 51 Intel, former Intel officials signing a letter with their former titles, their former titles being used. They used their former titles as if they had current status. You look at that, and you look at the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story, courtesy of the FBI and the CIA and other organizations that use the, uh, uh, the Election Integrity Project as a way to uh, link government with uh, civilian forces to suppress information. Therein lies all the proof you need to show that the 2020 election was corrupted. Anyway, without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing old friend of the show, Larry Hagman. Uh, Larry Hagman, <laughs> a former star of Dallas, a great actor, but no longer with us. Larry Clayman, excuse me, uh, founder and former chairman of Judicial Watch and current chairman of Freedom Watch. His latest book is the highly praised work entitled It Takes a Counter-Revolution, Wake Up America. Larry, great to have you back. How are you today? So to speak, it seems that that's basically all we get these days. No justice, no news. Just quickly here. Why do you think Brennan would admit that what he said was false? The answer is he knows he'll never be prosecuted because the Biden Justice Department, which has become a Gestapo, will never prosecute him. They'll just prosecute peaceful protesters from January 6th and school board parents. Yeah. So this is they're so brazen that they can actually admit to lying and just laugh in your face. It's that's the state of our nation today. And, you know, your lead in, you say, talk about the Republicans and the Democrats, get them out of our bedroom. We should get them both out of our government, frankly. I, I can't argue with that right now, especially given how um, you know tenuous uh, the rule of law seems to be in the two-tier justice system that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. And again, I say this is somebody who can outlift the best of them. I am a, uh, an unapologetic social progressive, pro-choice, pro-gay rights, pro-gay uh, marriage, pro-social safety, and that's you name it. I'm even pro-reparations for uh, blacks, but attenuated with very restricted uh, specific ways of bringing it about. And I, my audience is already familiar with that. What I have a problem with is when our government disconnects itself from the very laws it requires the rest of us to follow, when it feels it can unilaterally transcend the controls and constraints and restraints of the Constitution. And that's when I believe it's, it's a healthy dialogue to have concerning the Second Amendment option, wherein we have the right, the constitutional prerogative, mm. to, uh, to protect our state. You know, it says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. That's, well, what, that's what the Second Amendment option is all about. And here's, here's what we need to do. To, to, for the security of a free state. Where am I mistaken, Larry? We, you're absolutely right. And, and Alan, you participated, as I've, and you and I have said many times in our Third Continental Congress, where we are debating declaring independence and declaring a new government, but not a new nation, is that we need to round up all the talk show hosts in this country, the conservative talk show hosts, 
libertarians and others, and start a groundswell of support to start a new government with honest people. And, that, and where the Second Amendment comes in is that when we declare independence, you know, we're not going to move on the government, the so-called government. This isn't the government at all, of course. But if they move on us, then we have the right to exercise our Second Amendment rights. And that's what happened uh, with regard to the king, you know, in 1776. We didn't declare war on him. We just said, we're going our own way, guy. You know, take it or leave it. He declared war on us. And that's how the Second Amendment came about, is because those arms are needed to defend yourself, you know, against a tyrannical government. But yeah, What is it Thomas you know, Jefferson basically conveyed, and I'm just paraphrasing here because it's off the top, but basically he says, how long can a country keep its liberties unless its leaders are reminded from time to time that its people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms, quote-unquote, that last part. Um, and, and he was right. I mean, look if they are able to oppress us in the name of of their official status, well, then we're enslaved. I mean, think about it. A government that can censor you is the government that can oppress you because their practice of the first means we cannot object to the second. Where am I mistaken? Well, you're not mistaken. And Jefferson, who I believe was the greatest of the founding fathers in terms of his thought processes, I agree. said every 20 years or so, uh, there should be a revolution that you needed to remove uh, the tyrants from the system. That's the natural manure of government. He anticipated it cleaning house about every 20 years. Now we're about, you know, six times, seven times overdue in that regard <laughs> at this point. <laughs> well, that's what our elections are supposed to be able to avoid. You know, the idea that we can throw government out, um, portions of mm. government out every two years, uh, all of government out every four years, um, except of course for the uh, uh, judiciary and that that. But 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 even the judiciary. We, I think we have to remember that the Constitution really is the people's written directive to the government it created, not not the other well, way around. And not one of these damn branches has the right to thwart the mandates of the very yeah. document from which let's their powers derived and to which they're all let's subordinate. Get it. Harry, I'll tell you what, buddy. If you can't, Larry, if you can, buddy, hang on the line for just a moment, folks. We're going to be right back. Hopefully, Larry's going to stick around. We'd love you, too, as well. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. Looking for a fun and creative way to celebrate all the amazing moms and women who make a difference in your life this Mother's Day? I'm lifestyle expert Chassie Post here to let you know that 1-800-Flowers.com has you covered with a new AI composer called Momverse. The 1-800-Flowers.com Momverse creates original, one-of-a-kind verses personalized for all moms, just in time for Sunday, May 14th. And it's free and so easy to use. Just choose the type of verse, such as a song, haiku, or limerick, then input words to describe mom and her interests. With just one click, you can even share your special verse with mom on social media. I already sent a poem to my mom, and wow, did it help me find the words. So if you're still searching for a thoughtful way to tell mom you love her, Visit 1-800-Flowers.com Momverse on mobile or desktop and we'll keep the AI assist between us. And right now, listeners get 20% off on 1-800-Flowers.com with code MOMVERSE20. That's right, MOMVERSE20. Happy Mother's Day!
It's the time of year to celebrate moms, and one of my favorite gift ideas is the Rosetta Stone app. Lessons are only 10 minutes long, and now through Mother's Day, you can save $120 on a lifetime unlimited subscription, giving access to 25 languages for life. And it's also so important for moms to fit a little me time into their busy schedules. And I love Olay Body with Hyaluronic Acid. The body wash and body lotion are made with the prestige skincare ingredient, Hyaluronic Acid, known to attract and retain moisture like a magnet. And when it comes to anti-aging skincare, I recently discovered a medical-grade skincare brand called Plated Skin Science. Plated contains powerful antioxidant enzymes and proprietary ingredients derived from growth factors that help renew the skin's appearance. And don't forget about sweets. Premium lint, Lindor truffles, and mini pralines make the perfect gifts. Both come in assorted flavors that taste fantastic. And for all of these Mother's Day gift ideas and more, go to bethanybraun.com. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave. But unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. And he further confirmed that this thing was all political. Understand that Tony Blinken first contacts Mike Morrell and says, oh, what do you think about this laptop issue? And then Blinken later that same day, October 17, 2020, sends Mike Morrell the USA Today article, the story. That story gets put in the very letter that John Brennan, Mike Morrell, and 49 other former Intel officials sign on to. And they, again, just didn't sign on as Mike Morrell, private citizen, exercising his First Amendment rights, John Brennan. They signed on as acting, former acting director of the CIA, former head of the CIA. They used their title. So, yeah, we expect public Public servants not to use their title to influence an election. And it was so political when it was all done, this talking point they wanted to give Joe Biden for that final debate with President
President Trump. It was so political. After that debate's over, the campaign calls up Mr. Morrell, thanks him for it. He gets an attaboy from Steve Reschetti, chairman of the Biden campaign. Sure. So, so it just further confirmed all that. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. We're listening to House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan uh, saying that a, really a closed-door session with former CIA Director John Brennan reveals that he and 50 other former intel officials knowingly communicated falsehoods when claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop was indeed a Russian information operation or Russian spycraft. Uh, my question is, how should these pieces of crap pay? Um, and they are just that. They are pieces of crap because also, don't forget, uh, their own emails amongst one another prove that the 51 former Intel officials, again, who wrongly wrote that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian propaganda, had deliberately conjured that analysis to give Joe Biden the quote-unquote talking points to push back on Trump so that he could do that during their final debate. And this is unacceptable. So what should happen to these folks? We have assisting in the opining and analyzing, old friend of the show, Larry Clayman, founder and former chairman of Judicial Watch, again, current chairman of uh, Freedom Watch. He's, uh, his latest book is the highly praised work, in, again, entitled It Takes a Counter-Revolution, Wake Up America. Larry, appreciate you hanging out. You heard what Jim Jordan had to say. Where do you see this going? Yeah, I did. You know, I hear him say a lot of things. I don't see him doing anything after he says things. That's the problem. You know, I was going to put, uh, interject with regard to judges. You mentioned that when we left, and I'm going to work it into what we're saying now, sure. is that Jefferson uh, was against Article Three federal judges. He said, unelected, unaccountable to the people, no more honest than any other man, they would become despots and tyrants. So we have that. We don't have a legal system that will actually address these issues. And as far as Jim Jordan is concerned, I'm tired of seeing him when Sean Hannity with his rolled up sleeves like he's a wrestling coach from Ohio State talking about this and that. When he has the power in the Judiciary Committee, now he's the chairman, to vote out the impeachment of judges who aren't obeying their oath of office, who are throwing January 6th protesters in prison without right of bail, giving them large uh, sentences for simple trespasses, things like that. But also with regard to this, why aren't we impeaching? Even if you couldn't convict in the Senate, but you make a point. Why aren't they impeaching people like Anthony Blinken? Why aren't they impeaching Mayorkas? Why aren't they impeaching Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? Why are they not doing it? It was good enough to do it to Trump. But they don't do it. And they're, it's just a game for them to raise money and to attempt to hold on to power in the House of Representatives. And that's what I deeply resent. I cannot stand watching Jim Jordan and people like him anymore. I can't. Well, you know, I, I, I can appreciate some of what you say. We've had Jordan on our show before. Um, it, it does appear as if when it comes time to doing something, we're, we're short on ever seeing evidence of it. Um, like, for instance, right now we know there's a separation of powers violation going on with the FBI refusing to fork over subpoenaed documents. Um, yeah, excuse and, me, Alan. And, but, and, and but, this is, this is got, look, look, the thing we're looking at right now is that you have, for instance, House Oversight and Accountability Committee Chair James Comer saying their investigation of Biden has now evolved. It's evolved into one of public corruption. This, of course, following the discovery that for many years – 
Multiple banks have been flagging the Biden family accounts for likely money laundering. He stresses that uh, confirmed shell or fake companies were constructed by the Bidens to facilitate these exchanges from foreign government-owned uh, companies. Um, and he, he complains about how the DOJ and FBI have been running interference for the Bidens by refusing to hand over subpoenaed documents first revealed you know, by this senior FBI agent whistleblower source. Now, here's my question, Larry. Since Congress has an unambiguous separation of powers, Article I authority to oversee the executive's conduct, the FBI's refusal surely isn't the final word on this, or at least it doesn't have to be, because these folks in Congress could find, they do have the standing to challenge the executive on separation of powers grounds and say, hey, you've got to cough up the subpoena. Where am I mistaken? They, they no, do, no, but they won't find a judge. You've got to comply with the subpoena. I'm sorry, you're going to say it, it goes. It goes back to the judges. They won't find a judge that'll do it. They won't, because the judges are worried about the FBI having dirt on them. It's mutual assured destruction in Washington D.C., and that's why we at Freedom Watch are conducting our own grand juries, our own citizen trials. We're seeking indictments. We're seeking convictions, and, and it will come out shortly, I believe, of Joe Biden for bribery and his son, and his brother, Fauci, for negligent homicide. His actions have, have resulted in 7 million people dead worldwide and counting, more than Hitler in the Holocaust, and there's no accountability. So the American people need to rise up, and I hope people will go to freedomwatchusa.org, contribute to our cause with tax-deductible contributions. We need to hire more people, and the American people need to try to do it peacefully and legally before we get to the option that you were talking about, the nuclear option, which you know, I believe is going to result. I believe that the American people are going to rise up in arms eventually uh, when they see what's going on. You know, today... It's a constitutional option. The Second Amendment option is not there for hunting rights. You know, it says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. A well-regulated militia, by the word regulated at the time that word was written, was talking about in good working order, not something that the government had the right to control. That would have been counterintuitive. How do we protect ourselves from a a rogue local government or a rogue federal government if that same government is the final arbiter of how well we get to arm ourselves against them? So that would have been nonsensical. Think about it. Each and every one of these protections under the Bill of Rights are all individual. It would be nonsensical for that one protection to be somehow a collective right. No, no, no. So we have the right to uh, you know, maintain the security of a free state. And if our governments, whether they be local, state, or federal, go rogue on us, then the only way to maintain the security of a free state, as afforded to us as a right under the, in the Second Amendment in the Constitution, is to pick up arms. Where am I being the least bit uh, uh, over well, the top? Suppose, so, so even short of that, suppose a million people showed up in front of the White House you know, nonviolent, and said, Biden, it's your time to go. Your time to go. Do you think the military would sit around and, and, and not act? I mean, three or four years ago, uh, I think there were 400 or so retired military brass that sent a letter to Biden. This was before things got as bad as they are today. And he said, they said, we're not going to let this country go communist, shape up or ship out. They actually wrote that letter. Yeah, you can find it on the Internet. You can find it. Interesting. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, yeah. That rings a rusty bell, but there's just so much out there right now. It's like it's just such a sea of news. It's just hard to keep track of absolutely everything. 
Anyway, as always, uh, great to have you on board. Larry Clayman, thanks again, folks. Going to be right back. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stick with us. It started with Rhonda. (laughs) We're empty nesters, and the house seemed too quiet for me, and we needed some something else happening. We heard about Airbnb from, from some friends and it seemed like a fun thing to try. Very soon after we started as hosts, I, I realized it was a really great experience, very rewarding, not just financially, but, right. you know, meaningful and fun. We started really slowly and Airbnb allows a host to do that easily and then see if you like it and if you're comfortable with it and then also there are a lot of support services to help people on board as hosts like the website has a lot of tips and i know that there are host groups and if i need help i'll just get on the phone and talk to somebody at airbnb the best place to start is um, on the website airbnb.com Health authorities have recommended adding fluoride to our water for decades, thinking it helped to prevent cavities. Biological dentist Dr. Griffin Cole says the science demands that we re-examine our fluoridation policy. Too much fluoride can affect most of the body organs, uh, including brain function and activity. A recent U.S. government report by the National Toxicology Program analyzed 52 peer-reviewed studies from around the world and found that ingesting fluoride was linked to brain impairments in babies. The studies also found attention deficit disorders and lower IQs in infants born to mothers who drank fluoridated water during pregnancy and in babies fed formulas mixed with fluoridated tap water. To prevent cavities without the risks of fluoride, nothing beats good oral hygiene. Floss and brush your teeth daily, eat a healthy diet that includes plenty of vegetables, good fats, and ample protein, and of course reduce sugar consumption. To find a fluoride-free dentist and for more information, go to IAOMT.org. Who said that? Me, down here. (gasps) What are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. The forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Plant puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. 
Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. I think that a lot of our friends on the other side of the aisle have convinced themselves that lax immigration is somehow a compassionate thing to do. And yet if you take 5 to 10 million people and you introduce them into a country over two years, you increase the demand for housing because those 5 to 10 million people need housing, while at the same time the supply of housing is relatively inelastic. You do see very predictable increases in housing costs and rents when you have mass immigration into a country, into a metro area. Combine that with another unusual component of the, inf- of the effect on, on mass immigration and housing costs, and it's that in the neighborhood where you have the highest inflow of immigration, you also have declining home prices. So if you take those two pieces of evidence together, what you basically get is rich people who have homes in low immigration areas benefit from our mass immigration policies and everybody else finds the American dream of home ownership further and further away because we've effectively invited five to 10 million people into our country to break our laws. Intriguing. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. You were listening to Senator J.D. Vance, Republican from Ohio, saying liberals like to talk about taking in 5 to 10 million illegals in two years as being compassionate, but notes that it raises property values for the wealthy while dropping property values for everyone else, hardly rendering much compassion to society as a whole. Now, this is all happening against the backdrop of some rather unique developments. Um, For instance, federal judge T. Kent Witherell II is having to halt Biden's move to let tens of thousands of illegals freely enter the U.S. with no alien registration number and no court date while merely being told later to contact ICE to make an appointment or request a notice to appear by mail. This is all uh, happening uh, in response to Title 42 running out. It used to allow the administration to quickly uh, deport illegal immigrants coming here under the auspices of protecting us all from the spread of COVID. Well, now that fig leaf is gone, so 42 is gone. But still, there are other tools available to the president to keep the folks from crossing over. But the president has chosen this particular methodology. Now, the left are all upset that he's also sent 1,500 troops to the border for the purposes of freeing up 
border patrol agents to do more hands-on things. Uh, the military, while they're going to be armed to protect themselves, they're really there in, a, in an administrative capacity so to do some of the, um, the nuts and bolts um, logistical things that um, are required to, to be done. But, of course, um, when those things are being done, uh, CPB agents um, don't have as much time or resources left to do the hard protecting of our nation at the border itself. Well, with our military being sent there, this is ostensibly what's going to happen. Uh, you got the left all ticked off at that. They just don't want to have anything that will result in the securing of the border because um, they, like uh, establishment Republicans, like illegal immigrants being allowed in. You know, one's looking for cheap votes. The other uh, the other's looking for uh, uh, cheap labor. That's what we have going on. Folks like yours truly would like to see us increase the number of folks who are allowed to come here legally. I'd rather increase that number. But you shouldn't be able to do an end run by having the border so porous that you wind up destroying the very country um, that is attracting people to come here because of the advantages we're supposedly offering. Those advantages are going to be quickly depleted if we continue the conduct that we're, we're, we're currently exhibiting. So now you have Biden, who is ready to just let loose tens of thousands of illegals into the country uh, without any uh, alien registration form, without any expectation to appear in court, merely being told that they had to contact ICE at a later date. Gee, there's, there's a lot of leverage. And uh, the state of Florida says, you got to be out of your mind. No, no, no. So they, they stopped the Biden administration. It looks like it's going to be stopped for good. Because apparently this is mirroring something else the administration tried to do about a year ago. And this same judge batted that down. Florida said, hey, this is the same thing. And it looks like they found a a sympathetic ear. Without further ado, assisting in the opining and analyzing, we have old friend of the show, Tom Schatz, president of Citizens Against Government Waste. His editorials and fiscal policies have appeared in publications nationwide. We're talking the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. He's also, of course, testified on plenty of occasions concerning government waste issues before both congressional committees and regulatory bodies. Tom, always a blast to have you. How are you today? I'm doing great, Alan. Thanks. Good to have you. Good to have you. What do you make of this? Uh, a judge told Biden, nope, you don't get to uh, release tens of thousands of illegals in the name of, uh, you know, uh, protecting us all from um, a health emergency of your own making. Your take on it. Uh, well, it uh, lays bare what everybody already knew. He wants the chaos. He wants the people to just walk in. There's no other country in the world that does it like this, especially at this level. And I think uh, there are finally maybe enough people that have seen what's going on, and it's now on mainstream media, shockingly, lead story on a number of networks. I think because it's so big and so overwhelming, they can't ignore it anymore. And that's reached millions more people. Uh, yes, they still watch network news. A lot of people do. And I think that they are finally waking up and seeing what's really going on. And they've really had enough. I mean, even the people of El Paso, which is generally a liberal city, are saying, wait a second, this is a little too much. So when the impact you're talking about on housing and other things, it's a little bit more subtle. But just the physical presence of that many people at one time has people saying, wait, that's bigger than my entire town or my county or whatever. You know, it's a massive number of people, and it just can't be done that way. You can't let them go. You know, um, recently Biden said that, uh, you know, those to blame is, is actually this divided cover, uh, Congress, especially the Republicans, 
for not adequately addressing border security. Essentially, he was saying mm-hmm. that, you know, if only the Republican-led House or Congress as a whole would act on on his um, efforts to pass meaningful immigration reform to deal with our broken immigration system, then uh, we wouldn't have these problems. But I'm at a loss. You correct me, my friend. Since when has the enforcement of existing laws ever been contingent upon the passage of new ones? I mean, isn't the answer to that question never? Right. right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> They're not, obviously. He decided not to enforce the laws. That's, and I don't want to go into what's happening in the cities, but there's a selective enforcement of laws all around these, you know, woke cities, liberal cities, whatever you want to call them, uh, the DAs, and it's running across the country. Everybody is getting tired of this. It's increasing crime. It's increasing people coming in across the border without any accountability. And I think people that are most upset are those that came here legally and spent years waiting in line. Um, And as you said, there's no problem with that. There should be more. We need more, for example, tech workers from other countries to come in. They won't expand that. And so this is where we are right now. Uh, they just think it's more voters, I, I believe, and, and everything else well, doesn't matter. That's why I've been, telling, I've been telling those in my audience who might perhaps be here in an un, undocumented status, look, you're not supposed to vote illegally, but if you do happen to vote illegally, you might as well vote for the Republicans so you don't wind up in the same country from which you fled. You know, you don't want socialism. Socialism says, oh, in the name of providing a floor for the needy, we have the right to impose a ceiling on the rest. Well, that, of course, crushes commerce. I mean, you know, you want to you want to destroy an economy and, and make everybody more poor. Just destroy commerce. Just, you know, start interrupting the otherwise symbiotic relationship between productivity and reward and you'll destroy the country i mean if you want to ex- if you want to create wealth so that more people have a chance to actually live the stereotypical american dream where people through hard work and 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 uh, dedication to effort can can get as far as they want you know if you want to maintain that don't vote for the democrats because by voting for them you're just going to be helping to bring about the very kind of country from which you fled or am i being just too glib tom no, I, th- I think the point is that the overwhelming uh, number of people will literally overwhelm the resources that are needed to help them. If there is truly compassion involved, and nobody could argue that a lot of people who live in countries in South America are seeking a better life. We prefer they do it legally. But, you know, they're leaving a bad situation, and I don't know that they quite get what they're coming to because there just are not the resources to provide whatever is needed uh, and eventually that impacts other people, Americans, who may need, you know, food stamps or housing or whatever it might be. They're squeezing it out. And again, I think the number of people involved in this and when you see them living in hotels in New York City and you see them living on the streets of El Paso, it's just too much. Uh, plus, it violates the law, of course, but it's it's becoming so big and so obvious and so noticeable. Uh, I'm just curious how the left. I'm just curious how the left has gotten away with such a provably unintelligent argument, wherein they describe border security as tantamount to xenophobia. I mean, Mm -hmm. every country on the face of the planet is permitted to uh, monitor and determine who should be allowed to come into their country, and they're able to do so without fear the xenophobia card being thrown at them. But for some reason, we don't get to have that same courtesy reciprocated. And also. Um, it, it strikes me odd that Biden is saying, oh, the only way we can correct this is by making more laws when Title Eight unambiguously gives any president 
all of the actionable authority needed to control the border and resolve the status of those already here illegally. Um, I mean, that that truth should pretty much keep him wide open for criticism, should it not? Well, it should, but it's uh, not quite happening yet. And it just needs to be reinforced that there is a law that should be uh, enforced by, by people. Look, Border Patrol wants to do what they won't let them. I'll tell you what, Tom, if you can, buddy, hang on the line for just a moment, folks. We're going to be right back. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Helping those less fortunate is important to me, and it's important to my friends at Hearing Life, too. That's why they support the Campaign for Better Hearing. This campaign gives free hearing aids to those in need. You can support it by scheduling a complimentary hearing assessment. To stress the importance of proper hearing care, Hearing Life is currently running its Love Your Ears Give Back campaign. So we're going to be giving away free hearing aids to people who are struggling with hearing loss and cannot afford them. All you have to do is go to hearinglife.com forward slash give back and submit your story or nominate someone you know. Hearing Life supports the campaign for better hearing, which gives hearing aids to those in need. My friends at Hearing Life contribute $5 for every hearing assessment up to $100,000 a year to this amazing program. Hearinglife.com will have a wealth of information for you. And if you want to apply for that campaign for the free hearing aids, it's hearinglife.com forward slash give back. T-Mobile has launched a game-changing plan to shake up the wireless phone market with the launch of Go 5G+. With carriers extending their device contracts to a staggering 36 months, customers have been left feeling vulnerable to carriers' rate hikes. Go 5G Plus guarantees that both new and existing customers get the same great device deals and are upgrade ready every two years. Plus, it comes with $270 in added value each month for families. Go 5G Plus also includes price lock guarantee, meaning T-Mobile won't raise the rate of your talk, text, and data. Taxes and fees will apply. For a limited time, this plan can save families of three about $500 a year compared to other wireless premium plans. T-Mobile makes it easy to switch with their easy unlock offer. Hand in an old locked phone and T-Mobile will pay it off up to $650 and give customers a brand new phone up to $830 in value. Go 5G Plus is the ultimate solution for anyone looking for more flexibility, freedom, and value in their wireless plan. For more information, visit T-Mobile.com. A new IBM Institute for Business Value Report, Seven Bets, takes a look at the major trends shaping business and the bets leaders should make to benefit from them. One such trend is the acceleration of tech-led disruptions driven by generative AI. Salima Lin, senior partner, IBM Consulting. We've hit a massive inflection point with technology. Generative AI has captured the world's imagination and democratized AI in every aspect of society and business, from supply chains and IT operations to customer service and HR. Business leaders need to capitalize on these trends and make bold, informed bets like shifting their mindset from AI being an add-on to embedding it at the strategic core of their business. To learn more about the seven bets businesses should make, visit ibm.com slash IBV. Sponsored by IBM. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, 
I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year, remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A.org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back every year. It's Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Uh, we're getting into a lot of things here today. Um, assisting me in the opining and analyzing is uh, one of my semi-regulars, old friend of the show, Tom Schatz, president of uh, Citizens Against Government Wastes. Uh, you've seen his writings in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Um, Tom, appreciate you sticking around. Listen, Chair of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, uh, Representative James Comer, has formally stated that they're investigating President Biden for taking money in exchange for U.S. policy decisions as shown by bank records illustrating money laundering exercises. Um, you're the money man. Uh, share, some of your, share some of your thoughts on that. One of those uh, areas where it's a, it'll be. I'm sorry, I think we lost you. We lost you in the beginning. Could you repeat what you were saying? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh yes, yes, yeah. I think it's one of those areas where there is a lot of information and more needs to be done to make a case that can be proven. Uh, Certainly, there has been money floating around throughout a number of LLCs that the Biden family controlled. But the question is, where did it go? Did it get into? either then Vice President Biden's pocket or some after in between being VP and president. That's where the the link really needs to be made. So they've got something that they need to continue to investigate. But I don't know that they've proven what they've what they're looking for at this point. Like, was there influence? Was there foreign money going directly to Joe Biden? That's going to be a little harder to find out. But I don't know. I mean, the the New York Post reported um, like not long ago, but a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, that I'm quoting here, uh, the records show that here was just an example of how money made it from a Chinese-owned company to one of the Bidens. Uh, The records show Halle Biden received $35,000 over two transfers in 2017 from Biden family associate Rob Walker, who got $3 million on March 1st, 2017, from State Energy HK Limited, a firm affiliated with CEFC China Energy, which is owned by the Chinese government. Um, and they've got a bunch of these instances. And therein lies um, 
in my estimation, maybe a multitude of smoking guns. Now, Comer has stated that the DOJ and FBI have been running interference for the Bidens by refusing to hand over subpoenaed documents first revealed by that uh, senior FBI agent whistleblower source. Now, the reality is, since Congress has an unambiguous separation of powers, Article One authority to oversee the executive's conduct, isn't it fair to say that the FBI's refusal to uh, comply surely is not the final word on this? No, it's not. Uh, they're claiming that it would interfere with an investigation, which is what every agency says, the OJ, the OJ, it doesn't matter. That's their excuse. We're, on, we're looking at something we can't give you the information yet. But they could do it in you know, a closed session. They could do it in what's called a skiff, where they look at information and it doesn't leave it. They can't take it with them out of that room. Skiff uh, for everybody is a sensitive, compartmentalized uh, information facility. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, right. So, right. It's easier to say skiff. But, <laughs> but I want people to know they, why, yeah. why it is what it is. Yeah, well, look, like, you know, the reason, reason I'm bringing this up is it. because clearly each branch has certain absolute powers beyond the reach of the other two. I mean, that's kind of basic, isn't it? That's why we have separation of powers. And I think that's the only reason why checks and bounces and reciprocal checks and bounces keep any one branch from being, well, becoming rogue and tyrannical. Now, the executive, like the judiciary and the legislature, is not a monarchy. So if the Congress has oversight authority, that authority means nothing unless it can compel compliance. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that there are instances in which Congress cannot reasonably subpoena certain things from the executive because it could potentially violate that executive's own separation of powers prerogatives. I get that. You know, like, uh, well, you know, like forcing the exposure of suggestions by presidential advisors, etc. You know, wherein said advisors must feel free to offer their confidential recommendations without fear of their po- political strategies being exposed. The Supreme Court, I think, has ruled on this in the past. That's fine. But... Certain things do not fall into that category of, of exceptions, like, for instance, uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken or, or Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin refusing to hand over directives leading up to military operations involving an Afghanistan evacuation resulting into the deaths of 13 military personnel. And I think just like with those examples, Congress has an inarguable standing to have a court hear their demand that the executive comply with Congress's subpoena, for instance, for this FD-1023 form revealing Biden's alleged acceptance of funds in exchange for policy actions. Where am I off, my good friend, by even a diphthong? Well, you're not, because you can go back to the Nixon tapes, the Watergate tapes, to find the courts upholding Congress's authority to get information from the executive branch. Now, that took a while. Uh, this will take a while, and I'm not excusing this administration. Every administration plays this game and trying to keep information from Congress. And eventually, uh, it, it's, I should say, it's rare that they don't get it unless they run out the clock, <laughs> which also happens when a new um, you know, party takes over Congress and either drops something or, in this case, wants to get something that the prior Congress refused to even look at. Uh, so this is the beginning of a somewhat long process that will take them to court, clearly, uh, same with the, you know, potential contempt uh, of Congress by, you know, they're trying to do with Secretary Blinken for not responding. But his answer on one of the uh, interviews was, well, you know, Secretary of State, I don't do this. Well, that letter that they're trying to get information on wasn't written when he was Secretary of State. Uh, and so that's another thing that's being discussed at this point. And that the Judiciary Committee in that case is getting a lot of information about what happened or what didn't happen and how political that letter was. So, I mean, the letter signed by 51 former 
you know, uh, intelligence officials uh, about the Hunter Biden laptop. But it's the same issue. You know, it's true. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Let me uh, share with people exactly what's going on with that, because we've got a clip that pretty well encapsulates it, um, uh, considering what Mr. Schatz had. Uh, This is Jim Jordan uh, saying that John Brennan's testimony behind closed doors sort of confirms that the letter uh, from these 51 officials was political, uh, disingenuous. These guys were um, knowingly communicating falsehoods to alter an election results. Clip three, James, if you please. And he further confirmed that this thing was all political. Understand that Tony Blinken first contacts Mike Morrell and says, oh, what do you think about this laptop issue? And then Blinken later that same day, October 17th, 2020, sends Mike Morrell the USA Today article, the story. That story gets put in the very letter that John Brennan, Mike Morrell, and 49 other former Intel officials sign on to. And they, again, just didn't sign on as Mike Morrell, private citizen, exercising his First Amendment rights, John Brennan. They signed on as acting former acting director of the CIA, former head of the CIA. They used their title. So, yeah, we expect public servants not right, to James, use their title. All right, James, let it go there. Let it go there. Tom Schatz, this is pretty bombshell-oriented material, is it not? Well, you know, we've talked about this before. The question is, can you tie what they did formally to something in relation to using their national intelligence credentials to promote this? You know, I, you can have a former title but not be using it actively. The question is, did the CIA give them some information? There's some intrigue on that, whether they approve this. Well, yeah, apparently there is, some, there is somebody in the CIA uh, who actually coordinated uh, with them to a degree and once you have that connection, it's Katie by the door, at least in my estimation. Tom Schatz, always a blast. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.